Welcome to P3 Radio. The monkey only dances as good as the guy grinding the organ handle. <laughs> brother, brother, brother. <laughs> I fly, bro. That is never stopping. Truck goes to the white. <laughs> cool story, bro. Footy pajamas. Hey, genius. It's, three, it's 2 p.m. Central. PG3 Radio. Here's your host, Josh Friday. Get him off big, Freddy. Get him off big. Richard Mulligan. And as I put you down, my pants ripped. <laughs> it's showtime! It's showtime! It's showtime! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of P3 Radio. I'm Richard Mulligan, joined by my co-host, a man that I didn't think of to come up with a witty tagline this week for... And best friend, Josh, probably say, hey, Josh. Well, God damn you, Richard. <laughs> I'm fucking hurt in all kinds of ways. We did everything else other than come up with a tagline. And I just didn't think of anything. You blew it. I realized it when I heard it. the monkey only <laughs> dances as good as the guy grinding the organ handle. I was like, shit, I've got 20 seconds. <laughs> and that was it. That was all I could come up with. So... Episode 140, Josh. How's everything going over there in Quarantineville? It's a bit boring, man. Across the desk from me. This might be, we actually talked about it, this might be the last live show we do together across the aisle from each other. Yeah, and, you know, that's a bit sad because we play off of, you know, it's easier to just look up and see. Yeah. When you know you're done, you can kind of look at somebody and tell when they're about done, you know. <laughs> but if you're on the phone, there may be an odd pause or, or whatever. Yeah. So we've come up with a fucking Skype gimmick, you know, where we can actually see each other and the sound quality isn't too bad. Yeah. So you know, I think maybe we'll we'll be skyping from this moment on. I don't know. It just depends on how the world gets, or at least our world. But man. It's been pretty much doom and gloom. Yeah. Every day. It seems like from a Monday to a Friday, things have changed so drastically. The You know what I mean? The range of fucked up the, shit. The sky is falling, Chicken Little, is what you're saying. Is that what you're saying? I don't know if that's what I'm saying, but I'm just saying we might have to be Skyping. Are you well, just going to play a guitar while we're... Well, I'm tuning it because I was going to do something. Um, well, you know, what's preparedness, right? Well, what, <laughs> you know, Guns N' Roses comes out on stage, <laughs> and they just do all their fucking sound checks and shit right there in front of the crowd, right? Ladies and gentlemen, does this sound like a sharp F? <laughs> 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 Thank you. I got this thing on my guitar that actually tunes it for me. Oh, that's not right. I went the wrong way there. But yeah, um... I was going to do something, but I thought it was in tune. say I got this thing in my pants. I could be beaten right now instead of this shit. You dick? Yeah. Oh. I guess. I mean, you, I'll turn my head. <laughs> Next week, you'll have that liberty if we do this show through Skype since your laptop has no... You're sweating. You ain't got the corona, do you? No, 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 no. I'm, uh, <laughs> I've been exercising. <laughs> that sounds nice, don't it? No. Yeah. All right. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to play the guitar to say that we're going to have a... 
country <laughs> music singer, guitarist on this week, a guy that plays guitar well. I think it's already this motherfucker's already came out of tune already. Yeah, that last E. I wonder if he's gonna play guitar on air when he gets on you there. You think he will? You think hey guys, I was just it? fucking around here. Bing, bong, bing, bong, bong. You think we could talk him into it to play guitar? Probably not. He probably has all his shit put up. Really? Like a responsible person. <laughs> my A. It was my A, man. A. Well, this week's shaping up to be pretty lame, huh? <laughs> what do you, do you have any requests? Yeah, you fucking <laughs> break that motherfucker and let's talk. Here we go. Tuesday's gone. And it was about right there <laughs> where half the audience pressed pause. I'll come back to this shit later. If I wanted to listen to fucking Leonard Skinner, I'd go to YouTube. <laughs> you don't want to hear some fat boy from Bemis play it? <laughs> Nah, I was just, I was going to do something, but I can't remember what I was going to do. It uh, showed. Yeah. <laughs> well, episode 140, Josh. <laughs> Lame-o-mania. So has anybody started getting um, cabin fever yet? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually counted the dots on my ceiling 12 times. Every and time I, I come up with a different number. <laughs> I think somebody's fucking with me. <laughs> I'm going to have to kill somebody. That's how you go crazy Yeah. in the end. I'm going to have to kill somebody for fucking with me. No, it usually becomes, I've got to kill that guy so my sock will turn back orange again. (laughs) (laughs) And it's usually the dog telling you the info. Uh, So they've been doing this thing on, I told you this last night, they've been doing this thing on Facebook called the I Spy Game. You've played I Spy, haven't you? When I was like two. You were pretty advanced two-year-old. I my little eye. Something red. What the fuck's red? <laughs> What's red? <laughs> what I'm looking at. <laughs> what I spied, motherfucker. You better figure it out. No. Um, so Facebook's doing this I spy game now uh, to where they are saying, like, I spy something in your camera roll that is the color black. And so it's like making people post things that are in their camera roll. And I jokingly told you last night, I was like, you know. <laughs> you want me to tell you what you told me last night? No. I was like, if I had half the balls, you know. You, you, Let me look up for the quote here. <laughs> somebody should say, basically somebody should say, I spy with my eye. Something in your camera roll that looks like boobs. <laughs> <laughs> you said, so there's this thing on Facebook going around where it says, I spy with my eye, the color and insert color. We're just reading text messages yeah. now, huh? Show me a picture in your phone <laughs> with this. I want to say so bad, I spy something that looks like boobs. Show me a pic in your phone, <laughs> but I got no balls and it's my anniversary. <laughs> so double whammy. <laughs> And yeah. then my reply was, might have low T, probably from that one ball that was cut off from the rest <laughs> of your body until you were like seven. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, you said, well, I got balls. My mom made sure. <laughs> We're just going to read text messages now. Maybe I should pull up some old ones that you've sent me where uh, you've said some colorful things. <laughs> now, why would you use that word? Old Old incriminating Josh. <laughs> if you want something told, don't tell Josh. Or do tell Josh. Oh, man. You used to be trustworthy. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. That's fucking hilarious. Do you think it would work? What? Maybe, 
Put like, the, <laughs> do you think we could get a bunch of boobs sent to our pop poncho page? I think if you beg enough, you, know, you get anything you want, really. You just got to know how to sell them into it. I've been out of the game for a while. But it would be funny. I don't funny. feel comfortable getting back in the game. You know, we have that thing that we talked about on the pre-show, you know, defend this to HR. I feel like I'm going to slowly be playing the game defend this to your wife. <laughs> what do you mean by wanting to see other titties? Now, look, I didn't say male or female. Yeah, exactly. Man boobs is what Richard was going for. Take a picture of a cow udders, you know? That's yeah. Same thing. Big fat cow titties. <laughs> Big nipply cow titties. Big fat cow titties. <laughs> <laughs> My dog just gave birth. No, I mean, I guess you Your think dog would... got them swole titties. <laughs> <laughs> you think that you know? You think that would be a sign that would be out on like the the guy holding the cardboard sign with the dog? You think that there would be some teenager that would already thought up now? Not broke, don't need money, <laughs> just want to see some titties. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not think that would work? Oh. That would work. That would. Somebody would pull up and be like, "All right, son, here you go. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. You get your husband on out of here. Get him to the doctor. Make sure your grandkids are safe. Yeah. Back there. <laughs> what are they? Fourteen, fifteen years old now." <laughs> That's that's down your alley, isn't it? Why are y'all out roaming around with this virus? <laughs> you know, it's horrible for seniors. What was wrong with that left one? Is that a mole or a <laughs> extra nipple? That deflated about 20 years ago, <laughs> darling. Oh, but man, you, you talked about us being quarantined in our house. Well, we did talk about it. I don't know if we talked about it on air or not, but uh, yeah, we just said something about being cabin <laughs> fever. <laughs> Kevin drunks what? Yeah. <laughs> well, you drink because you're home, and you're home because you drink. <laughs> it's a vicious circle. Uh. Now, um, my neighbor, speaking of drunks, my neighbor who lives next door wakes and bakes. Oh, yeah? So the other day, I don't know why. She might wake up at 5 o'clock. This might be mid-afternoon for her by the time I got out there. I've been doing work meetings from home on my laptop, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I was like, well, my wife and kid are home. I'm going to go outside and do this meeting because this is the only time I have to really talk and I don't want to wake him up. Yeah. I went outside to sit on my porch and like, I got this smell of like a skunk, like, like <laughs> almost like a skunk had sprayed. I'm like, yeah. good God. I was like, but there are no skunks around and my neighbor's windows open, like cracked open, like smoke blowing out of it and stuff. And I'm ah. like, Jesus. I was like, and then like all throughout the day yesterday, I have smelt nothing but like, Weed coming from that direction. <laughs> and you're talking about the next door where I'm pointing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Dad burned. Yeah. So huh. I even asked my wife, I was like, do you smell pot? Like, because the other day we were sitting out on the porch and mm -hmm. I was like, <laughs> I just looked at her and I was like, smoke weed every day. <laughs> she just looked at me. She's like, what? And I was like, she's like, oh, the neighbor? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, good Lord. I smell it now, too. Because it took a second because she was on the other side of the porch. She's like, I smell it now, too. Either... She's got some really bad stuff or some really good stuff. Either way. Usually indicates good. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I never see her leave the house. And all I do is, like like I said, three, four times a day, I smell. I, I was just like, man, it's got to be some weak shit. Because she's smoking up this much. <laughs> like, Well, you never know. That's a different time, Richard. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't care whatever people want to do in their own house. I hate smelling it. You know, it. you say that. You I hate say smelling that. it, though. But my problem would be like somebody smoking meth. 
next door to me because you're you you have that idea of well i mean as long as it's in their house you know yeah that's fine but i think it's what are you doing in your house pot's one thing yeah but if you're if you're constructing a meth lab that might blow my well not only that, shutters off <laughs> but you know i've never had a pothead come and steal my fucking you know my my, my pot holders or my my flower pots and shit and right like, you know, <laughs> like, you know heads. where the will, fuck are my ferns meth heads will steal your goddamn yard furniture dude like i had flamingos out here nope. i swear to god nope we're not uh, doing that yeah i would i would 10 times rather have a pothead living next door oh yeah i mean a crackhead i don't i don't like mind like i said let me let me rephrase this i don't mind that she's smoking pot in her house now would i prefer not to smell it on my porch yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, you ain't gonna get a contact. You'll be all right. No, no, I ain't worried about that. I just don't want to smell it. It smells bad. I gotta fucking take a test for work, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to like a store and somebody that is just blazed up is like right in front of you in line, and you're like, Good God, yeah, God, this like just the the strong odor coming off of this person. I was at Dollar Tree one time, and this guy came in. I don't know. He must have had like a joint in the car. Yeah, and like. I get in line and he's already in front of me and he's just buying like two things. But I'm like, good Lord. He smelled like a walking Snoop Dogg concert. <laughs> like, Well, I think a lot of times like with that, they're smoking in confined areas. You right. know, if he was out in the yard or something, letting, just letting it blow, you probably wouldn't be that uh, upset or whatever. But like I said, man, times are changing and it's only a matter of time before that shit's just legal everywhere yeah oh yeah i mean and, and it should be if if alcohol is in my opinion if alcohol is legal then it should be as well now here's the thing even with my job because i'm tested they're gonna have to change the if they do make it legal they're gonna have to change the way they test yeah. in order for me to actually be able to partake well the thing you know a lot of places now like uh where i work i'm not gonna say the name obviously <laughs> but where i work our headquarters is in michigan mm-hmm and, you know, Michigan passed the recreational law, I think, last year or something. Really? And I've heard they've had to tweak a little bit of their hiring practices. Right. You know? And now, from, well, shit, I, I can't say anymore. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. I can't do that. Dude, there was one time, and I can say this because I'm not working for them now. Um, it There was this one time I was going to work for Apria. Yeah. And I worked for them for like three months. And they told me, point blank, they're like, hey, Richard, you know, we got your application in. Your interview went great. Uh, you'll, you, If you're still interested, we're extending an offer for hire. Uh, you will come in and do a submit for a background check, and we're going to do fingerprinting. Now, we don't drug test. And they said it just like that. What? And I'm like, uh, okay. And they're like, so you won't have to drug test, but we don't drug test here. And then they said it again in like three or four different, like, um, different um, orientation meetings and stuff. Yeah. They said it again. So it was like two or three times they said this, and I'm like, why are they keep going over the fact that they don't drug test as a company? <laughs> like, are they trying to trap me here? Like, this is your time if you want to smoke up. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, ma'am, it's good you don't, <laughs> because I did heroin last week. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to quit. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, um, I don't know. I, I just, like I said, I was just very blown away by that. The fact that they were, we don't drug test. 
It's like mind, mind me asking why you quit that sweet job because I know people they're making like bukoodles of money working from home. It, it wasn't right for me. Working um, from home. Yeah. Uh when I was working there, like well, I had a better job come along. More I mean, money? More money than what I was making there. I mean, I could have made more if I would have stayed with Apria. That's what I'm saying. But there's the, people making like what I value more than the money is time at home. And the job I have now gives me more time at home than any other job I could get right now for really good money. Like but shit, dude, if you worked for Apria now... I don't think I could do that job. You would literally be at your home, so you'd have the most time eh. at your home everywhere. I don't and, think and, I... You could be like, BT, wear fucking pajamas every day. <laughs> I don't think I could do that job, man, because they want... Like, they gave us a grace period when we started. Like, we were answering calls, and we're like, hey, how's it going? You know, how can I help you? Well, my oxygen didn't show up. So you'd be like, all right, ma'am, let me look at that for you. And you'd look it up and you had all this guidelines that, you know, not a script per se, but you just had all of these guidelines of things that you were doing and saying. And, and, uh, you were like, well, uh, it looks like the oxygen truck will be there Tuesday. And it's like Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) How's mama going to (laughs) breathe? That was the thing. You would have God to tell damn. them, like, well, if you're out of oxygen, we we, we suggest you call 911 and go to the emergency room. And that would be, like, and you're having to tell older people this. And I don't know if I could get sued for saying this. <laughs> I, if you started naming them, you could. Yeah. But just talking in general, no. But there were so many times, right, you know, and then after a while you work there, they want you to cut that call time down. So, like, you would have to get. To, All right, and, Granny, I get it. Fucking call 911. <laughs> in my opinion, let me say this. In my opinion, you would have to get more more cold-hearted and callous towards these people that need a life-sustaining device. So I was just like, eh, I can't do this, man. Like, it was a job, but I just, man, it was just, it was torturous. Almost like you had to dehumanize yourself to make it work. And, and there's, there, and that's not... And like I couldn't I said, do that. This man. is this is just me talking about a company that I know very little about because I only stayed with them for like a month and a half, two months, uh, maybe three months. I think I was there t- full time, but I wasn't happy there. Like it just it just felt wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. The hours were way different. Like I was used to going in at seven in the morning and getting off at three. I was now working like nine to five. Which that made me a little unhappy. I'm like, uh, and I didn't enjoy the job I did. I didn't want to be there anymore. You know what I mean? I was like, some people can do that job every day. I grew up around a lot of older people, and to look at an older person and and tell them like, look, you're not going to get your supplies. You need to go to the hospital. It's like, and then I'd have people call and it's like, you're the fourth person I've talked to. I've been on hold seven times i've had been disconnected twice i think the call tree wasn't the best back then in my opinion the call tree wasn't the best (laughs) i don't want to get sued man you know in my opinion they're they're not as wealthy as they used to be (laughs) (laughs) in my opinion there might be a reason why everybody's working from home now (laughs) yeah that, that, that is a good indicator i guess i think in the long run everybody that i got hired in with was was a huge class of people because we had to go through this like two week training, the people I got hired in with, I don't know if any of them are still there, and I don't know how long after I left after three months. I wasn't the first person to leave, and I left after three months. Damn. Speaking of drug testing and jobs, have you ever said anything in a joking way about drugs at work? Like just joking around. Like for instance, one time we were at a lunch meeting, 
and we were we were all talking and stuff and i joked i was like is it too early to order a beer <laughs> <You know? laughs> we're on company time but yeah but well, I, i've made jokes like that a lot because i've been in my work a long time and you know i went into the supervisor's office they got a um, a refrigerator in there and i just I didn't have shit in there. I just went in there. There was a few people, and I just opened it. And I was like, where the fuck my beer go? <laughs> <laughs> Shut it and walked out. Just, have, you, you know. have you ever said something that somebody took, like, serious about, like, drugs and stuff at work? No, because I think of how outlandish shit has got with drugs at work. And not necessarily drugs at work, just people at work. Back yeah. when I first got hired on, maybe these two people that I'm – talking about in particular lasted maybe i don't know uh two weeks three weeks maybe something like that tops maybe not i'm sorry i just had a text <laughs> and it blew my mind i was trying mind. to cover for no you. <laughs> no it's Dwayne. Oh, okay but my i got a new phone so yeah. his name isn't in there it's just a number and i was thinking <laughs> who the fuck is supposed to be calling me right now god damn it and it was him uh, but anyways I, I got i got hired on yeah. and i i knew of these two guys one of them i just talked to casually you know right and i lasted maybe a year or whatever and then both of them disappeared right and i'm thinking where did fucking uh so and so and so and so go i don't hear anything for a few days or whatever then all of a sudden um <clears throat> another person that works with us is like do you hear what happened to We'll just call him Fred. <laughs> right. Do you hear what happened to Fred? I'm like, no. The damn feds busted in his house. He had like <laughs> eight kilos and blah, Jeez. blah, blah. And I'm thinking, this motherfucker like has almost the same job as me. <laughs> and he's like booming kilos and shit. And I'm thinking, damn. Okay, it's like that. You got fucking Tony Montana over here. Uh-huh. And then the other guy that just showed up missing... <laughs> showed had, up missing no no it was he had like i love a, that phrase he just showed he up sh- missing. You know, it was like about like waking up dead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyways uh i didn't see him for a while but this dude he had like one of them important jobs right. you know what i mean he was like borderline office you know and um one of my hispanic friends out there he says uh hey, did you know what happened to we'll just call him uh jose <laughs> <laughs> said you know what happened to jose it's like no man i didn't i didn't hear anything i haven't been seeing him oh yeah he got deported he got arrested by the feds because he was getting <laughs> he was getting fred all this cocaine from blah 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 <laughs> it was connected to the first guy that, yeah it just took a little bit longer jose was the one getting fred all of the damn kilos that's funny and then i'm just like damn what place am i fucking and it, it has nothing to do with my job it was just those horrible people at my job i had a guy that owned a roofing company uh or yeah it was a roofing company i think it was maybe a construction company and we were talking about all this stuff about like people getting in trouble people you know doing drugs and everything he's like man i had these two guys that worked for me they fell through the roof and i felt so you know we were talking about on the job injuries and stuff and then he's like so they fell through the roof and uh and yeah, I felt so bad because they got hurt, and I started paying them. You know, uh, you know, I, doing the right thing, <laughs> right? He's like, so for insurance purposes, I had to drug test them. He's like, and uh, 
They bought positive for cocaine, so I fired him on the spot. <laughs> Didn't have to pay him a penny. Right. <laughs> Jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, that's the thing about these drug tests, man. If you pop if you pop a drug test, that's pretty much all she wrote. I actually had a nurse tell me, did you drink a bottle of Everclear before you came in here? The percentage-wise is so fucked up. You should be in a coma right now. Right. Um, the reason why I ask you if anybody ever took you serious, I remember this one time. Um, <sighs> there was this one time that I was working when I first got out of my job. At, like, first got out of school, I was working at Walmart. Yeah. And I was just the lowly bus boy. Bus boy? Our maintenance You're a boy. Bus boy at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and collect well, things. Well, I didn't know they had them. It was tough times. I didn't get a lot of tips. Hey, uh, you need that uh, buggy cleaned again? Stock, stock boy. <laughs> stock boy. And I'd push buggies and stuff like that. Well, I'd also do like customer carryout. So like if they had like an old lady that bought like a... 70 inch TV. <laughs> yeah. You think you can grab that? <laughs> you can drive home? How many times did I hear? It'd be nice if you could just come back with me to the house and unload this for me. While like, pulling oh, yeah. her blouse down. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, I'll uh, give you an extra ten. <laughs> no, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> um, but there was this, I can't You're remember. You're about ten years too young. This cashier, I can't remember how it came up, but she just mentioned something about like partying or something. I was like, oh, I like to party. I was just joking. I said something about, uh, I was like, Somebody say something about like Somebody say something about fire death. <laughs> like black door heroin. <laughs> and I was joking. I can't remember the context in which I said it, but I remember it was such a way that like I knew she knew I wasn't messing around like she thought I wasn't messing around because she looked at me like, Oh my god, this man does drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and like, dude, I couldn't have been the straightest laced person back in high school. Like like right nineteen year old me, eighteen year old me, right out of high school, straight laced. I didn't even do anything. I mean, I ate a lot, but <laughs> I didn't do any kind of drugs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, for the longest time, I was like, I'm pretty sure that somebody that works here thinks that I'm like a cokehead or something. He's all fat. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know how he's so fat. So um, what do you want me to tell Dwayne? Uh, I tell you what, let's get him on here. But first, Josh, before we get him on here, let's do this. Let's say, if you know somebody that... Does cocaine at work? <laughs> no. If they're having a tough go and you need to get them some kind of drink to get them through the day, but you don't want to go to the liquor store, you don't want to go to the grocery stores, have them go and have the wine delivered to their house. They don't have to go anywhere. They can just sit right there. And every month, two bottles, at least, you can get more if you want it, but at least two bottles of high-quality wine will be shipped to their front door without them having to go anywhere. Josh, how could this be so? Well, the Wine of the Month Club is how this is so. And the way you can get hooked up with the Wine of the Month Club is by going to tinyurl.com slash p3wine. And when you do that, you're going to use our link. That just helps us out. Yeah. Imagine that shit. And you're going to get to the Wine of the Month Club page and see all of the wonderful deals that they got for your ass to sit on the couch and get that shit delivered right to your front door. It's as easy as can be. Just go to tinyurl.com slash p3wine. Tinyurl, T-I-N-Y-U-R-L.com slash p3wine. All one word, p 3 W-I-N-E 
And that's going to take you to the Wine of the Month Club, the original wine club since 1972. Welcome back to P3 Radio. Right now, Josh, on the P3 Hotline, we have one of the coolest guys I ever I ever knew. Uh, he was the guy that always hung out with us and would dunk with us in the backyard at your grandmother's house and uh, never treated us like little fat kids that we were. <laughs> always hung out with us. Always was really cool. And we're actually listening to some music right now coming back uh, of his daughter's band called The Skeleton Crew. Uh Dwayne, the man that's going to get the truck. Dwayne, thanks for being a part of P3 Radio. Thanks for letting me be. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, man. I have uh, heard in passing, uh, it's so weird seeing the video here. I'm, we're watching Skeleton Crew Blue, and uh, it's yeah. so it's so weird to see Cammy, this little girl that used to do the cartwheels <laughs> and get in the way as me and Josh were wrestling in the living room. It's all weird to see her all grown up now. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird for me to see her that way too. She's uh, <laughs> couldn't be more proud of her though. She's doing her thing and doing it well. So we wanted to bring you on today because um, you're the guy that is like my go-to Facebook defender when we talk about like wrestling and somebody calls it fake and <laughs> I'm sitting there battling them on Facebook and then all of a sudden I have like I'm sitting there doing it probably three sheets to the wind and then Dwayne comes in with logic. And <laughs> he's like, Hey, wrestling's what, you know, that's what I grew up on because you know, it fed me. And like, I'm always, I'm always happy to see when Dwayne chips in. And, uh, for those of you that don't know, his dad was professional wrestler, Danny Davis. Uh, he, like I said, he is probably the most likable person in Josh's family. Uh, and for that, for that, he will, for, for that, he will get the truck when, uh, when, uh, Ray J passes on to the great, uh, Southern Sky um, Hotel, but Josh has a few I questions. Before. I, can't, I can't talk him out of it before that. So. Oh, you've actually tried to talk <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah, trying to get him out. Like, well, well, I can still enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, might as well. I mean, he just put a new motor in it from what I hear. Okie dokie, guys. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's yep. move on. How you doing, Dwayne? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right, man. We'll probably cut all you, that bro. out. <laughs> but, dude, you know, we talked about it or just a few seconds ago, but you were one of the luckiest people in, in our eyes growing up because you were there. Most of the time, you know, you got to be around wrestling a lot more than we did. And, you know, backstage, this and that, at a very young age, you know, I, I can't imagine being a six, seven-year-old kid getting to walk around. And, oh, there's Jerry Lawler. You know, it just, that would that, yeah. that would have really spun us for a loop back then. Is there anything, you know, that you can think of just that stands out from being a young tight walking backstage? When dad first started out, you know, like you said, I was six or seven. And when I first started going back, back with him and it was, there was always me. Brian was always there. Brian Christopher, Kevin was there, Lawler, um, Jamie Dundee. And our, our babysitter was kind of Dougie, Dougie Gilbert. <laughs> um, so, and Jamie, you know, he was, he was about Dougie's age too, but, yeah, they would always go get us Cokes, hot dogs, you know, that kind of stuff. We'd stand outside the dressing room there. Uh, you know, they wouldn't let us in necessarily in the room because, you know, a lot of nudity and stuff, and we're little kids. And so, um, but, yeah, that, the the best thing was, you know, the best thing I remember was just all all of us kids, you know, being together. 
and Dougie still to this day, every time I see him somewhere, which is not often, but he always says, uh, you're the only one that was smart enough not to get in this business. Because, <laughs> <laughs> all, you know, all over, all Kevin, you know, Kevin, he had a run a little bit, but, you know, he did a little bit. But, yeah, the rest of them uh, all got in the business. Yeah, yeah, even uh, your dad's tag team partner at the time, Ken Wayne, who uh, my, yeah. my last professional wrestling match was against uh, Dundee and Coco. And we, me and my tag team partner that night was Eric Wayne. We wrestled out of high school. Nice. It was the last night I ever wrestled. It's the my last match ever. And I thought it was a cool way to go out because I've always kind of forced myself into y'all's family. So it almost felt like, <laughs> you know, hey, Uncle Danny's old tag team partner's son. So it's like a second That's generation. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to connect all the dots. But, yeah, it always felt cool to say, hey, my last match was with Ken Wayne's son. And, you know, I grew up idolizing Danny. So it was like, hey, you know, we had a, that connection. It was a good way to go out. But you said Absolutely. you remember when Eric was real little. Yeah, that, and I haven't seen him since then. I mean, he, he – um... His mom, Cindy, actually used to babysit me when uh, Dad and Kenny would be out of town for three or four days. We lived in the Panhandle of Florida, and, you know, they would run Florence, Alabama. They'd run Birmingham Monday night, and Florence was like every other Tuesday, you know, which that's only a couple hours from here. So, there's, you know, they didn't drive to Birmingham, drive home, drive to Florence, drive home. They'd drive to Birmingham, spend the night, uh, you know, go to – so, anyway, with all that, I, I would stay with Cindy a lot, or she would she would come to our apartment and stay with me. and and uh, But, yeah, all through the pregnancy with Eric, I was – kind of her partner in crime. I don't know. <laughs> she, everywhere we would go, people look at me like, uh, or look at her and me, like she's either too old to be having a, she's got a son that's too old already to be having another child, thinking that she was my mother, you know, and then, uh, or they would look at me like, what did he do to her? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a teacher situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They go to jail for that now. I guess it was yeah, back then they didn't care. Looks. They just wrote tickets back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just got some dirty looks, and all right, get along your way. You know, go along. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you pretty much, like we said, you grew up. It pretty much, you know, it raised you. You were raised on the wrestling business, um, and sure. I know you were around a lot of of crazy stuff. Is and we won't ask you names because we're going to protect the innocent as much as we can. Um, but one of the things I sure. wanted to talk to you about was some crazy stories. Now we talked about this tiger King and I remember saying something like, and me and Josh kind of differed on this a little bit, but I remember going, heck, if half the wrestling stories I heard was true, then, you know, this tiger King thing was <laughs> lame. You know, it was kind of <laughs> mediocre. Uh, is I there, still not watched that. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, eh, it's okay. I mean, I think the quarantine has got everybody kind of a little clouded on their vision, but You've probably heard that. you've probably heard worse. Is there anything that stands out in your mind as a crazy story that you can remember from back in the days? Uh, yeah, probably the worst thing I ever saw, or well, I thought at the time anyway. I think it's funny as hell now. But, <laughs> uh, we were I, I can't remember. We were either in Columbus, Mississippi, or Meridian. I don't remember which. We were in Mississippi. I know that. And one of the guys, well-known guy, we were, this was a continental territory at that time. And um, he was main eventing against my dad. Um, match got through. Everybody leaves, except for, you know, we're all still there. Uh, Dad's in the shower. The, his opponent, who I'm not going to name, is in the shower. Uh, his manager, who I'm not going to name, I guess was in the shower. I don't know. <laughs> and um, me and my stepmother used to wait kind of in the front, and he would come back and get us, and then we all walk out the back to the car, you know. 
So we're standing up front by the gimmick tables and packing everything up. And Dad gets out of the shower, and he's like, you guys ready? So, yeah, we head out the back. Well, then the opponent and the manager come out the back. And they're all just bullshitting around. The crowd's already gone, you know, so nobody to see anything. k was still a really, really big deal, you know, um, back then. So the other guy says, uh, I got to take a piss. So, But the door was locked. You know, he tried to go back in. The door was already locked. So he walks around a car, starts taking a leak, still talking, you know, over the hood, over the roof <laughs> of the car, you know. And we hear this weird laughter <laughs> kind of thing. And... The manager is down on his knees catching the stream of pee, and he's rubbing it, rubbing it in his hair. <laughs> weirdest shit I've ever, weirdest shit I've ever seen yeah, in my you, life. You won't see that on Tiger King, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh my god! And, and, and from the stories I got afterwards, that's not the only time that's happened. <laughs> so you think he might have been just locking the door on purpose? <laughs> Hey, man, y'all got to pee? Could be. Could be. <laughs> oh, crap, I think I've locked the door again. Well, damn, we can't get back in now. <laughs> Maybe you should go over here by the yeah, bushes and pee. got to get over here by the other side of the car and pee, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty weird. Um, oh, I've heard God. a lot of other weird things I didn't necessarily see. You guys know the uh, Tojo story with with uh, Dennis and Phil? Yes. The Wait, wait, wait. Which one? Go ahead and tell it because there's probably some people that don't know it. Well, there's, there, I've heard this from multiples. I, and again, was not there. This was in Louisville, Kentucky. And I, I made the trip to Louisville with that a lot. This is when he was working in the Memphis Territory. And um, the, uh, the last time I heard it, it was from Cornette. I'll just tell you who it was from. But anyway. <laughs> but, um, so apparently, uh, Tojo didn't like them because they, they dyed their hair, you know, bleached it uh, blonde. Their mustaches bleached blonde, all this kind of stuff. And. So he would always ask, you know, and I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just repeating, you know, the words that were used. But he <laughs> right. says, uh, you know, Tojo's talking about these baggots with the blonde hair and the earrings and, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> so, so Dennis Condry, who is uh, one of the funniest guys anyway, he's always was when I was a kid. He's a practical joker, all that stuff. So he tells Phil, he said, uh, and, he, and he tells Cornette, he said, Cornette, why don't you, you look out front when uh, Tojo's coming back from the ring. Uh, Phil's going to get on his knees in front of me and kind of act like, you know, he's uh, giving me a little job there. <laughs> so they agree to do this. So, and for some reason, even for some reason, Phil agreed to it. And um, so Cornette comes back and goes, he's coming, he's coming. So Tojo's coming down the, down the hallway. And uh, about the time Phil gets on his knees, uh, Dennis just runs his cock down his throat. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's no... Uh, no pretending. This is what we're going to do. Oh. And I heard there's, a, you know, words and blows exchanged, and the <laughs> so that was, wasn't there. But that's what that's the story. So that was probably the first Me Too in wrestling. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go. Yeah. There have been people that have been blackballed from like life in general for way way less than that. Oh, it's the story. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, and they still remain friends, but somehow I don't know. 
<laughs> you do that to me, I'm I'm not coming around again. Right. Well, you know they formed a bond. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can find a new best man for that wedding because <laughs> yeah. I ain't even That's showing right. up. <laughs> I'm taking the blender. I got you back. You see if they got gimmick uh, gimmick <laughs> right, photo yeah. appointment. Come on, Phil, get in the fucking shot. We gotta sell these damn things. Yeah. No. Dennis is great though. I, I I never knew Dennis really until. Um, he, he came to Continental there, kind of towards the end of his run. You know, he, he came to Continental for a year, year and a half. Yeah, and he was a nice guy. Nice guy. Well, you know, back then you heard all those stories about when he left the midnight and then he showed up in AWA a few months later and stuff like that. Like, oh, Dennis is this, yeah. Dennis is that. He's a sorry motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. You know, you heard every fucking excuse in the book of why yeah. he actually left. But, you know, you didn't get any of the weird vibes from him. He's just totally cool guy, you know, whatever. He was, uh, he was always cool, yeah, when I was around. And it may have been because I was young. You know, I was probably 15 or 16 you know, when he, when he came into that territory, yeah. you know, I, I was, you know, I was hanging around with all the guys here, here and there. I mean, obviously just the nights I would go, but I, I would go almost every night because if I wasn't selling my dad's gimmicks, you know, I was selling somebody's, um, er, you know, everybody was, was selling souvenirs and, um, dad had some people in, in a few of the towns that, you know, always worked his, his table. And if so, I would work either Dr. Tom's table or maybe, uh, Tracy and Steve, Tracy Smothers, Steve Armstrong, <laughs> you know, I worked their table when they were doing the Southern Boys thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah always. And, and uh, you know, at that age, I, I, mean, I didn't have any bills or anything. So I was buying guitars with everything I was making. And, I mean, they pay you 10%. You know, back then, they pay me 10%. They do four or 500 bucks a night, you know. So I was making 40, 50 bucks at 15, 16 years old. I, I thought I had it made. And that's good money well, in the 80s. To hang around with these people that, that everybody looks up to. You know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, um, a little off topic here. Now, question here: uh, Are you more of a bucket seats man or a bench seats man? I'm just trying to figure out what you're going to put in that Bronco when you get it. Um, oh, buckets! Bucket it's already seats. got buckets. Right? Oh yeah, are you going to recondition yeah. them? I don't know. Ray J takes care of that thing, man. <clears throat> I, might, Look, I might put a chain. Might put, might get a chain. All right, all right, all right, <laughs> guys, come on now. <laughs> Come on, come on. We're talking about wrestling here. Well, Not no fucking Ford I've got Bronco. a dropping card at jegs.com. I bet you already got air in the fucking trailer that you're going to fucking drive over there trying to get the son of a bitch. Now, now would you would you be willing? No yeah, would you be willing to sell the Bronco back to Josh at a reasonable price? Oh, define reasonable. <laughs> Market value, they're like 60, 70 grand. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah, know, man. I don't see reasonable in that. <laughs> well, uh, then I don't either. You can't come up to market value. I don't see reasonable either. God damn it, man. I say hold your, hold, hold your own, Dwayne, on this one. Uh, look. Oh, definitely, definitely. Let's just get back to wrestling. Hey, I, I've, known, I've known Ray J longer than he has anyway. Yeah. <laughs> God, I damn. mean, let's be honest. You are the son that Ray J wanted. You're the son everybody in that family wanted. Rumor has it. You're the, Rumor you're, has the, it. you're the son that my mom would have wanted. I mean, let's be honest. You're the most likable guy in that family. You guys are, you guys are too nice. <laughs> well, well, Richard, you're too nice. <laughs> see my dad? You see that boy right there playing that guitar? I'm proud of him. You playing with them goddamn wrestling men? Yeah. He ain't worth He's a damn. <laughs> I love giving him the Bronco. <laughs> I, I tell you what, Josh just touched on it. 
when he said that guy playing the guitar. Now, we don't want to gloss over the fact that you had a pretty decent run at, uh, you know, the rock life and everything. And you've got. Well, some... let, let's back up. Let's yeah. back up. Before we start talking about Ford Motors and Broncos <laughs> and shit, you know, we're still we're still wrestling. And oh, we can get back to wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Well, he had he was plugged in in Florida, man. He just said that. Yeah. And he got to hang around a bunch of the guys. I remember being a, a really young chap and you telling a funny ass story about Boomer H. Lynch. Now, he was in the AWA as uh, Ali Khan or something like that, a dude from Afghanistan. But he was Boomer H. Lynch in the South. And yep. it was he's a pretty funny guy. He was a very funny guy. He, uh, I don't even remember which story I told you about it, but he, he man, there was just always something. He Going through a drive-through. Oh, at, oh, at, at Popeyes, I think it was. It was a chicken place. That's all I remember. And uh, yeah, he before he left, he said, "Hey, kid, he always called me kid. Hey, kid, you want to go to get some chicken or what?" Yeah, it's like, yeah, let's go. So we were at a drive-through. He, I don't even remember. He ordered a bucket or I don't, you know, whatever it was, and he probably could have ate the whole bucket himself, but. He, we, I don't even know what he, what, what, where the confrontation started, but he gets into it with the, with the guy working or the girl working the drive through and it's finally, it's just, uh, oh, you fucking cocksucker. And he just drives away. <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't get any chicken. We just, I think we wound up eating Chinese or something. We, we went somewhere else anyway. <laughs> and we get back and dad's like, where's the chicken? And he's like, ah. Fucking cocksuckers! I guess Chinese. <laughs> he, he was a cool guy. He, he really cool guy. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and that building that y'all that you guys lived in, it was in Gulf Breeze, right? Like a condominium deal that's or something. Right. I went there a couple. Yeah, it was of like times. a two on the bottom, two on the top. Yeah, yep. yeah, two, yeah. Two floor or two apartment bottom, two on the top. Yeah, and then uh, right above us, and and, and it's actually who owned the building was uh, Adrian Street, Exotic Adrian. Hell no. And Miss Linda. Yeah, oh, wow. it was great, man. That guy could paint. You can't imagine an artist that guy is, man. Josh he, uh, just, Josh just had to. About once a week. Josh just had to change come, his come pants. <laughs> oh, that guy was, man, he's a cool guy. And I he thought was... one night, uh, I don't remember where we were, but it was a night that I, we actually, Dad and I rode with Adrian uh, this night and, uh, and Linda. And uh, now you guys probably remember, she used to go to the ring about 10 feet in front of him chucking down rose petals and that kind of thing, you know, and he would skip to the ring behind her. And this guy reaches over the rail one night and just grabs a handful of Linda's ass. I mean, like, you know, and before, well, I don't, before you could blink, Adrian's on top of the guy and he's got his thumb about up to the first knuckle in the guy's eye. Oh, it was God, great. Damn. Guys just screaming and Adrian's <laughs> just blood's gushing. And it was great for like a 13 year old kid to see that. Like, Whoa. <laughs> You know, really neat. And, uh, of course, security comes around, and I'm like, oh, they're about to take Adrian away. Nah. Adrian goes on to the ring. They take the guy out. You know, they probably worked him over a little bit, too. I don't know. I guarantee you back <laughs> in that day they did. Yeah. Well, he's not going to be yeah, looking at too good. many titties anymore, or at least in that one eye. Well, yeah. He'll have a really good shot at it. Like a one eye, yeah. Yeah, that was – it was something. It was something to see. <laughs> now, we were <laughs> talking – oh, go ahead. No, I was done. That was oh, it. go. Uh, we were talking before the show came on. Josh, you said he had a story. No, I mean, no, that's it. That was it. I mean, I'm going. That was it. Oh, kids, <laughs> <laughs> <Can't> go, brother. <laughs> you, Josh, uh, Josh was you and Josh were talking before we started. And said that uh, you had a story about Macho Man. 
Yeah, Macho Man and uh, well, I got a few, I got a few Macho Man stories. That guy was uh, he, he was Macho Man. Like he wasn't he wasn't acting out Macho Man. He was Macho Man. Like that was that was real life for him. Yeah, but um, he, it was uh, we were in Memphis at the Coliseum, probably. 80, maybe 81. I don't know. It was early. I was seven or eight years old, something like that. And uh, dad's about mid-car. Um, don't even remember who he was wrestling. It doesn't matter. And um, I know main event was Rude and Savage going up against, I want to say it was Lawler and Dundee, but it could have been Lawler and Austin Idol. I'm not sure. Lawler and somebody. You know, Lawler was always main event. <laughs> right. And um, uh, deservedly. I, I yeah, yeah, mean, yeah. If that came off. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, he was the guy. Um <laughs> So Dad had gone to the ring, and he had just kind of stopped by the door where those guys were, and he said, hey, can he, can he hang out in here with you guys? And, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so I, I go in and hang out, and uh, they're, they're playing cribbage, you know, a little uh, card and moving. I don't even know how to play the game, but so that, that's what all the guys used to play. I would see everybody playing cribbage in the dressing rooms. And I'm over there. I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm, a, you know, I'm a ways from them, but um, – still in the same room and then all of a sudden i just hear like a, a lot of cussing a lot of swearing a lot of blows being traded and and they're just rolling around on the floor you know punching each other kicking each other swearing at each other and then of course other guys start hearing it and they all come in they break them apart and everything and you know i, I just started crying i mean it just scared me so bad you know <laughs> start crying and then, <laughs> seven or eight years old you know and you see these two guys you see on tv all the time and they're slugging it out and then, but the funniest part of that story is when they, Macho took that shit so serious, man. When they went to the ring for the main event, I, we never stayed for the main event. But but for some reason, we stayed that night. And I, I have a, I have a suspicion that we stayed because Eddie Marlin and uh, Jerry Jarrett probably wanted all the guys to stay in case the shit spilled over again. <laughs> in, in the ring. So so uh, anyway, I know we stayed for the main event, and I know Mach stood on the on the apron. And Rude wrestled the whole match. <laughs> Macho never tagged in. He, he would not tag in. Yeah, well, he, he hit me, huh? He, <laughs> yeah, he just he, yeah he just stayed on the on the apron the whole time. It would be never hilarious if we found out that that was just a huge rib on you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're, hey, we're going to get they, Danny's They put kid. it over. I promise you, they put it over. They sold it, man. Hey, Rick, what do you think we get Danny's kid? You know, we, I won't even tag in. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hey, I've, got a buddy, I've got a buddy that lives in Tampa, and I've known him for, I don't know, 15 years maybe by now. And um, he, he and his father used to own a – like a Sony showroom, you know, a TV's home theater kind of thing. And um, he was going into in to do a, an install in like a high-rise apartment place right there on the water. And he told me he got in the elevator with with a lot of the gear, you know, that he's about to install. And he goes up a few floors and elevator opens and uh, Macho gets in the elevator with him. And he he said, like, it freaked, he loves wrestling, okay? <laughs> it's, his name's Vincent. He loves wrestling. So he, he doesn't know what to say. He wants to break the ice, but he doesn't know what to say. And he says, he, I can tell he knows that I know who he is. You know? <laughs> and so he said, finally, Macho just looks at him and goes, are you the cable guy? <laughs> he goes, no, we're here to install this set for, you know, a customer. And Macho goes, set of what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a television set. Well, you should have fucking said that. 
damn. But I mean, that was macho. He was just, he was, uh, he was macho man. He wasn't uh, playing a part. He was that guy. Yeah, we've we talked to Bill, and uh, he told us the story about uh, uh, him jumping outside the gym. Yeah, and having yeah, to buddy. get to his trunk and pull a gun on him. I mean, people don't understand yeah, how him. how serious these territories were back in the day. Oh, it was. I tell you what, even you know, when uh, when Continental was was really hot, early, well, mid mid to late eighties. Um, I went to school with a lot of the guys' kids, and like we didn't even talk about it with each other. Like you know what I mean? We and we weren't told that. Right. We just kind of saw that, or at least I wasn't told that. But like, um, I went to school with uh, Tanya Stubbs, which is Jerry Stubbs' daughter. He was Mr. Olympia. I don't, I don't know if he worked any territory other than Continental. I never saw him anywhere but there. But uh, I went to school with Cole, and I can't remember his older brother's name, Welch. They were uh, Ron, Ron's son, Ron Fuller. Hmm. Um, and Cole and I had a lot of classes together, same age. I went to school with uh, uh, Kimberly Welch, which is Robert's daughter, Robert yeah, Fuller. Yeah. yeah but, you know, we, we, all of us were in school. You know, we're all in school together, but, but we didn't. I mean, we saw each other at the matches every night, you know, but we never, and we were friends. I mean, I don't mean it like that, but it's like we never talked about who our parents were or anything like that because all, I mean, they're all heels. Like, Dad was a bad guy under the mask back then. Uh, Jerry was a bad guy. Robert and Ron, you know, they were the the uh, stud with the stud stable. They just, you know, they were, everybody was heels. So we didn't, you know, everything, wrestling was so over back then that you just didn't, you didn't, uh, your dad was a bad guy. You didn't want to talk about it. Because you know you might get your ass beat. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Rich, man. Tommy Rich was super over back then. Tommy Rich was the man. Oh, and you know, yeah, it was one of my favorite feuds. And I tell you know people on the show this when we have other wrestlers on, if they ask anything about what we liked, I always say the Riches versus the Nightmares is one of my Nightmare. favorite feuds Nightmare. ever because it yeah. it was so that fucking was long. So you know, it lasted. Oh, it was a real was feud, weird. you know, and and yeah. people took that shit so seriously down there. I can't imagine being on yeah. the bus and if somebody found out, hey, that's one of them oh, fucking nightmares, yeah. kid. Yeah. Oh, You're walking me right into it. You're walking me right <laughs> to it, Josh. And you know you're doing that. Well, I went to school with this girl, and I'll say her name because, and if you're out there, friend me on Facebook. I think it'd be great. Her name's Karina Fisher. <laughs> no, I haven't seen her since high school. She was – all right, back then, too, Dad and Kenny were under the masks. Okay, so nobody – even if they saw my dad – and they saw my dad every day. He was laying out in the sun <clears throat> right there in the driveway of the apartment. But nobody knew who he was because he wrestled under the hood. So – and this girl had – I mean, you know, the yellow folder for science was, you know, I love Tommy Rich. And the, <laughs> this is a uh, seventh grade, so probably 1986 or seven. And and then the blue math folder has the nightmare suck written on, you know, just all this stuff. So I'm like, I can't, I'm not gonna be able to tell her anything about, you know, anything. So I don't even talk about wrestling around her. But we sit almost together on the bus. I mean, she's, you know, we, within a couple of seats, we talked every day on the bus, road to school and back. You know, the bus she did, I did. Well, then, I mean, this, she, and every every Monday after you know TV aired down there, just like it did here, the Memphis territory, but. Continental aired on TV around noon on Saturday. So Monday, she's always got the wrestling stories, you know, that she's telling everybody how the nightmares cheat and they suck and they shouldn't be the champions and Tommy Rich is the best-looking guy there was. You know, all this. It's, it's just great. It's great. <laughs> so about three or four months into this, I, I'm, I, I watched wrestling on Saturday just like everybody did. 
I never knew the finishes. You know, I was a little kid. They, you know, I'm not in the room or I'm not involved in any of that kind of talk, obviously. So I see on TV that, like, Monday night in Birmingham, we got Tommy Rich's hair going up against the Nightmare's masks, and I just about shit. <laughs> um, please let it be Tommy Rich's hair. Please let it be Tommy Rich's hair. And Monday night when Dad comes home, it's not Tommy Rich's hair. <laughs> so I know I've got until about Saturday until she sees it on TV. And sure enough, man, Monday on the bus, I can't believe your dad. <laughs> you know, and, and oh man, she just fully unloads on me. And I just had to sit there and take it. I mean, what do you say, you know? <laughs> and then every week after that, you know, every week after that, when the, you know, Tommy and Johnny would keep the belts for a month and then they'd hand them off to Dad and Kenny. And, you know, of course, when they handed them off to Dad and Kenny, it's always because of a chair shot or a chain out of the tights or, you know, something. And she always, you know, oh, your dad only won because he cheated. He pulled out the chair. <laughs> he pulled a chain out of the tights. And, that's great to think about now, though. But man, I always hate to get on that damn bus. <laughs> well, I mean, you had to have—you were constantly going to have to defend yourself against this crazy lunatic fan yeah. that was your age. Yeah. And, and and you know, you can't tell her that it—you know—that's the way it works. That's just how the business works. You couldn't—you couldn't do that, right? You know, it was—it was real. It was still real. Those people all—you know—everybody thought it was real. Well, and there was no giving that away. I want to be honest. Your dad was the focus of a lot of fights I had with my grandmother when I was like 12, <laughs> 11 years old because, you know, I thought it was awesome that, you know, he was who he was. And, you know, Josh and me would watch all these tapes and we were, you know, we yeah. were going to be nightmares too and all this other stuff. And I, right. and I remember my grandmother, I got this picture. My grandmother, to know her, knows, you would know that she was the epitome of dream killer. Uh, <laughs> fucking Freddy Krueger. You, you know, it should have been on her tombstone. It should have been on her tombstone. Why you won't do that for? Because <laughs> it was like you would go, "Hey, I'm so excited about this. I don't understand why you won't do that." So I, re I remember I got this autographed picture. This this uh, five by seven picture from Josh. It was from Danny, and it said, "You know, hey Richard, best wishes." And he had like his GWF title on and and everything. I thought that was yeah. awesome. And my grandmother saw it. And she was seeing it from a fan. I don't know why you'd want that. He's lost every match I've seen him in. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Why? why are you? It's, and, you know, and back then I didn't have a way to defend it because I thought it was on the up and up. You know, so exactly. I'm like, well, he's trying his best. <laughs> He won something. He's got yeah, a belt right he's here. He's got a belt on. <laughs> it, it don't look like a belt I've seen, you know. <laughs> yeah. That ain't that That's one awesome. Lawler carries. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> we, we talked about crazy fans. Did you ever have any run-ins with some people that might, maybe not even with your dad, but just with some people that were just taking it a little too far? I know we talked to Bill, and Bill said, you know, he there was an old woman, that's an older lady that stabbed him with a nail file in his chest, uh, you know, because he got oh. too close to the ring. Yeah, I, ne I never saw stuff like that. I mean, I saw some of the guys get into it with, with fans, but that was that was always over quick, I promise you. I mean, you know, everything's set up, and everybody knows what's going on, but those guys can take care of themselves, man. And they know how to take care of themselves. I, I want to say and, that uh, your dad told us a story, and, it, and like, you can cut me off because I don't remember the details, uh, and if it might not be for air. Uh, so I'm just going to preface it with that, but it was about a car wreck. Are oh, you talking about in, in Canada? I don't remember where it was, but there was a car wreck with a fan that was it was an interactive battle. You're talking about Canada. 
when it was him and Bad News Allen and uh, Cuban yeah, Assassin. That's, yeah, that's when he was working for Stu. Yeah, I don't yeah. know much about any of that. Okay. He didn't. Uh, he never enlightened me on anything that happened. I was like, he and my mom were still married even when he was in Calgary. So that it was before '83, '84. So yeah, I was still young. So yeah. he never. Uh, and like, and I, and I don't ask him about the business. I mean, I've never asked him about the business. Right. You know, I just observed what I observed when I was there. Um, it, I mean, it's not like I don't want to ask him about it. I just, you know, he's retired now, and I don't want to bring it up anymore. You know, if he doesn't want to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it with him. You know. Yeah, we right. were we were over the house one day, and I remember uh, even when we we had him on the show last year, or maybe two years ago. Oh yeah, I listened. I listened. Yeah. And <laughs> I I wanted to ask him so much, but you don't want to overstep, but. It's like Josh told me a long time ago because I would get these starstruck eyes and I would like want to run over there and hey, what was it like to wrestle so and you know? And I wanted we used to dig through his closets and stuff and get in his gear and stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, yep. Josh just basically let me know from an early age, like when he's ready to talk about it, he will tell you. And there were times yeah, when we we'd be sitting around and he'd throw a gym at you and you're like, oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he was in the business long enough too. He saw he saw a lot of things and, and did a lot of things. You know, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of good stories that I've heard, and and well, some of them that I saw, even you know, some of the shit he did, I I got to witness. So. You uh, you mentioned your mother, and that was one of my questions to to Uncle Danny when he was on the show. But from your perspective, we, we just ask him, and thinking about it, you know, being as old as we are now, and trying mm-hmm. to convince our wives or to if th- if that's what we wanted to do. How I mean, you were you were knowledgeable enough to see what was going on at that time period, yeah. but you know, yeah. Uncle Danny he was what maybe twenty six, twenty seven years old when he got into the business, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, he was. Let me do a little math to see. He's tw- he was twenty one when I was born, and he was uh, I was five when he when he got into it. So he yeah he would have been about twenty six, twenty seven, and and right the, through there, depending on where in the year it fell, you know. But yeah, the the thing about it is though was he had a fucking cherry job. I mean, for that time yeah. period, he was a fucking manager of a store or maybe two stores or something like that, right? I mean, uh, yeah, like a... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was the regional thing or if it was, but I know he, yeah, he was managing a store, at least a store. Um, yeah, I mean, they got absorbed by Walmart, you know, during all, I mean, he, yeah, there's no telling what and he what he, he could have done in retail, but. He had he told work, us, you know? he told us that he was making for that time really good money. You know, it was guaranteed. You show up yeah. to work, you're getting this paycheck, blah blah blah. But he he had said, you know, it, he just had this fire inside of, I have to try to do that. You know, be a wrestler. And yeah. you know, we talk about how Richard's grandmother's so old school and negative. I, I, I we kind of get that that was the uh, the the general feeling of that back in the day. You know, yeah. of like if you wanted to do something outlandish, like if you wanted to be a rock star or somebody that's on TV. Nine times out of ten, somebody in your family is going to be, oh, you can't do that shit, or blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. You know, I, told you, I told you it was hit with me with one of my aunts. First time Bill Dundee throws you around that ring, you're going to quit. Right. He's like, well, thanks for having <laughs> faith in me. Well, even worse, though, an even worse position to be in would be have three extremely young kids. Yeah. You know, all under, you said you were five, you're the oldest, and there was two under you. Yeah, there it was. Yep, Sherry would have been three. April's probably a year and a half. They're not. They're not that far apart. Sherry fucking, and April, you know, about eighteen months or so. Fucking babies, man. And you've got all this yep. over your head. And you know, Uncle Danny and Aunt Barbara, they were really young at the time too. How does that come? You know, yep. how how does he convince? You know, 
Aunt Barbara and fucking even the family. You know what I mean? It's like I'm going to throw. Granny kind of put... pushed him. You know, Granny was pushing him, man. She <laughs> she liked she liked the idea. Um, Mom, I you know I don't. I guess maybe because we were young, or maybe because she didn't oppose uh, it. But I I never saw any opposition from her. Wow. Um, now, now you know when I I do kind of remember, and there wasn't an argument or anything, but I do kind of remember her eyebrows kind of getting raised when he was like, "I'm going to Calgary for nine months to work," you know, for for Stampede Wrestling. <laughs> and I remember her kind of being like, uh, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You know. <laughs> but um, and, you know, it, yeah. I mean, I, but I don't remember that being an issue, you know. I but but like I say, it could have been because I was five, six, seven years old during all that time. You know, they were married until I was eleven. Right. So, but you know, so so whatever opposition she might have had, she probably got past it a little bit at the front. But I'm, you know, with him gone all the time at and at night, you know, when I guess you know back in those days, a man's supposed to be home protecting his family or you know whatever. I get you know that just kind of started wearing on them both. You know, I I don't even remember it being a bad divorce until you know the child support and the custody and you know whatever all that stuff came into it. But, yeah. That that's just that that's what always is rung in my head. Like I can't imagine going home right now, and telling my wife Heather, I've got an idea. <laughs> you know, you know what? It, it could be I, a really nice return. Love this, baby. <laughs> it could be a really yeah. nice return, but I pretty much have to put my life and our lives on hold yeah. for at least a year. One in a million shot, I'm going to yeah. make it. Right. I don't think that conversation <laughs> will go very well. But then again, I'm not Nightmare Danny Davis, so there we are. Now you know the funny thing about that is, Josh, I tried to pull you into the business around the same age. Yeah. As you're, like I, I actually, you actually have one match under your belt. Uh, Dwayne, he lost to me like he's going to lose the truck to you. <laughs> and, <laughs> there we go again. But I actually brought him in for a match, and uh, uh, the rinky-dink promotion that we were working for didn't care that I was just bringing my friend in that hadn't had much training. And, Hell, I got a job <laughs> offer while I was there. Hey, next month, I'm going to need somebody. <laughs> I, I do remember feeling, like, incredibly intimidated because your uncle was in town. And you told him where we were going, and your grandmother was happy about it. But your uncle I, was staring daggers at me, like because I was sitting there. I was like, he's like, he basically looked at me. He's like, y'all be careful. And he was looking at me because I knew he knew that I'd been wrestling at the time. But I remember feeling like, if Josh comes back hurt, I'm gonna have Danny's gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> it was the fucking. It was a blast though, man. Yeah. Got it on video. Oh, you know, I, I, I loved it. It was like a pig and shit. I never, I never got in the ring. I mean, other than to, you know, run around, bounce off the ropes and jump off the middle turnbuckle and all that shit, you know. But, yeah, I, ne- I never, I never even had the desire. I mean, he, you know, he always told me he didn't want me doing it, but I, I never even really wanted to do it. You know, that's just not, it wasn't my thing. I liked it. I mean, like I said, I loved watching it back then. Loved being around it, but that's, it's just not something that ever interested me. You know, I was doing it for a living. Yeah, and even to this day, it kill it like shocks me to hear you say stuff like, you know, kayfabe that was a work. And I mean, of course, you know those things. But in the entire yep. time that I have known you, you weren't Dwayne, Danny's son. You were just cool Dwayne. That was Josh's cousin. <laughs> we never talked about wrestling. We talked about video games. You know, music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for and sure. and like I said, it's just it, you know, it's a shock to me to hear you even talking about wrestling. To be honest with you. <laughs> I, I liked it, man. I did like it back in the day. It's just like I say, it's just not something I wanted to do. I watched it. I mean, like Josh, remember we'd watch it every Saturday, you know, when we were over at Granny and Grandpa's house, man. We, we weren't going to miss it on Saturday, were we? <laughs> yeah. Now, um, yeah, the- now I did bring it up before Josh cut me off a minute ago. 
Um, kind of like his dad's going to cut him out of the wheel for that truck. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's already done. Don't yeah. Do it. <laughs> it's a, like Josh doesn't know it, but that truck's already in your name. He's like, what wheel? I done looked them both in the eyes and told them. Hell. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were talking about it just before Josh cut me off about, you know, you had a pretty nice musical run too. You were in a couple of bands around here. You've probably got a few rock stories as well, don't you? Yeah, I mean, we we got, we're fortunate enough to travel around and get to play in a lot of places. Um, you know, Jackson wasn't a place for for rock and roll back then. You know, uh, I mean, you know, the the people that came out supported it, but a lot of people just didn't get out. You know, um, a lot of the club. It's not the people's fault. Just a lot of the clubs around here didn't really promote. You know, they just let you come in, and play, and drink a couple of beers and send you on your way. You know, but we got um, yeah, we lucked into you know catching the eye of a guy out of out of Ohio who was a had several bands and, and solo artists that he managed. And, you know, he really started booking us around. And, and uh, you know, we got to play CBGB, you know, when it was still a thing. And we played the Continental in New York, which was kind of cool because, you know, when uh, Guns N' Roses came east, that's where they kind of broke. And, uh, yeah, it was nice. You know, we'd go to Dallas every so often, Detroit, and Chicago. We You know, we played a lot of nice places. And uh, I had a lot of fun, yeah. But, um, best thing, though, if you want a story, I'd, <laughs> I got a story. We oh, uh, we're playing we're playing at the Curtain Club in Dallas. It's the first trip we'd ever made down there, and um, we we we're like second out of four bands, something like that. You know, no nobody knows us, so we're we're playing early, and um, probably hundred people there. You know, it wasn't a packed place. The time we got finished and the next band started, you know, the the club started really filling up because it was getting about nine nine thirty. So the the club the way the club was laid out, you had the floor, you had the stage, and then you had a balcony. But the balcony actually went around three sides of the building. There's a bar upstairs, you know, same as a same as downstairs. So we wanted to check out the next band because we'd been told that, that they were the best band that was going to be there that night, you know, even even better than the band that was playing last. So we went up to get a good look. So we, we go up to the balcony, and we're just kind of standing there drinking Corona and uh, <laughs> coronavirus, <Yeah>. drinking <laughs> Corona. And uh, uh, we, we actually um, noticed this girl you know walking up the steps I'm like whoa pick that out you know so we're looking and then my our singer at the time his name is jimmy harris he, he elbows me and he goes look at that i'm like yeah i'm looking dude he goes no look behind her I'm like i am looking behind her he goes, no look at the dude behind her and it's vinnie paul from uh, pantera so i'm like hey that's pretty cool i mean it makes sense we're in texas they live there from texas so they come up they you know um, we quit looking at her. I don't want to make any man. So we, uh, they come around. They walk behind us. They go about four or five feet away from us, and they prop right up on the balcony there where we're at. So I'm like, all right, I'm about to go talk to this guy. So I get back. I asked my drummer at the time, our drummer. Uh, I said, hey, you got film in the camera? Because you know we didn't have cell phone cameras. I'm talking maybe 2000, 2001. If this is you know when this is happening. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I got some pictures left. So we. I go down, I'm like, hey, man, love you guys. Can I please take a picture with you? And he's the nicest guy. And he's like, yeah, come on, man. And he just wraps his arms around me. We take a picture. And then we get a picture with our singer with him. And then the camera's out of film. So it's like, you know. But didn't want to bother him anyway. So we're like, hey. So uh, as I'm walking away, I tell him, like, hey, uh, I'm a guitar player. Love your brother. You know, he was a big influence. Or, you know, he was still alive at the time. Time was. And, uh. If you tell it, you know, if you see him, I know you hear this all the time, but man, let him know he influenced a kid from Tennessee, you know. 
He goes, well, hell, why don't you go tell him he's downstairs? Like, oh, <laughs> shit. So, so we're like, all right. So go downstairs. I mean, I almost ran downstairs. <laughs> the, other band, the other band's still playing. I mean, we're screaming at each other just to hear each other, you know. I go downstairs, and I don't see him anywhere. I'm like, shit, man. Man, I wonder if he, you know, maybe he met up with some friends, he left or whatever. So we walk back upstairs, and he's sitting at the bar upstairs. Uh, dime is. So I'm like, oh, man. So I walk over. Like, and it's, it's weird because, like, I guess I learned later they frequent this place a lot, the Curtain Club. They were, they were there a lot because, like, nobody was they, – they weren't being swarmed, you know, except by us because, you know, we were right. from Tennessee. Everybody else down there is probably native to Texas. They were used to seeing them, I guess. So walk over, sit on the steep stool beside him. I'm like, can I buy you a drink? He goes, nope, I'll buy you one. <laughs> Perfect. So he bought seven <laughs> and seven, of course. That's all he drank. And uh, so, yeah, he bought me a drink. Uh, bought our singer, drummer, a drink, all the rest. I don't know where the other guys were. I wasn't going to look for them. I was staying right up there. And uh, Court uh, found out at that point, you know, we didn't have any film left in the damn camera. So I got no picture with him, but got to hang out with him for about 10 minutes. And that's probably the coolest thing, you know, in, the, in my music life that happened. Uh, that was cause, because that guy was, I mean, I loved everything Pantera. I mean, I just thought they were the best. And, uh, yeah, it's always that awesome. Really cool to meet those two guys. It's always awesome when you meet somebody that's like been an influence on you throughout your life, and they're all they're just so cool. I, you know, we. Yeah, they're not an asshole. Yeah. yeah, he was definitely not an asshole. He, neither of those guys. They were both just great. I mean, they were just great, gracious, even seeming. You know that we we even knew who they were. But right. it's like, man, come on, everybody here knows who you are. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember having the same incident with Bobby Eaton, like where. I just like was blown away the first uh, you know match that I was on the we same were. same card yeah. as him and just the nicest guy. In fact, we worked we a were. we worked a fair show here in Jackson together. And afterwards, without even asking him to, he just come up to me, complimented me on my match. You know, told me how Perfect. great I did in certain p- spots. He's like, "Hey, try this out next time you're in, like giving me tips." This is a guy that's been in the business for over thirty years. It's like, man, oh, yeah. just yeah. sweetheart, man. Yeah, I remember Bobby. He was. Bobby was, yeah, he was, I didn't meet him, but a half a dozen times probably. And it was in the Memphis territory when he, he was still pretty young, but yeah, he was always just really nice kid, man. I say kid, I mean, I'm a lot younger than him, but he was, he was a kid <laughs> when I, when I met him, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And then Buddy Landell, same way. I don't know if you guys met him, man. That's, that's a cool guy, man. Yeah. We've we, heard uh, like a lot of stories. Dundee though. loved him. <laughs> Dundee, that was well, his. Woodrow. was brother. great. He came up. You know how he talked. He had that bad southern drawl. You know how he was. Right. He um he came to Continental for. I mean, he probably wasn't there three months. I don't know if it maybe it was. I don't know what the deal was. He wasn't there long, and um he he was staying with us on a on whatever night. I don't even, you know. I guess it was in between shows. He just, I don't even know where he lived. He he must not have lived in the in the area because he was staying with us, but sleeping on our fucking couch of all places. <laughs> but um, I remember I got sick. I, I was real sick that night, and he was saying, like, I was getting up and going to the bed. We lived in a two-bedroom, one-bath apartment, you know, so I'm like, I'm in the hall bath half the night just puking my guts out. I guess I ate something, or I, I don't know what it was. But, and he, uh, he, he, he came in the bathroom there, and it, it was like 2 in the morning. Him and my dad were watching movies or something. I don't know what they were. They were, they were still awake. And uh, Boomer was asleep up in the front bedroom, and I'm in there just puking. And he, he walks in there, and he goes, you Okay. Yeah, I think so. You know, I don't know. I'm pretty, pretty sick. He goes, 
He said, are your bowels loose? <laughs> he asked me if my bowels were loose. Like, I guess I have diarrhea, too. So I, start, I, thought, he, I thought he said, are your balls loose? <laughs> See, I see I'm, I'm 13. Okay, so I don't, you know, I'm still kind of green on all these things. So I'm, like, feeling my balls and stuff. I'm like, I don't think so. And he goes, <laughs> I mean, I'm just standing there in my underwear, you know, feeling myself. And he goes, I don't know what you're doing, but that might be why you're throwing up. <laughs> Well, you know, you mentioned Doug a minute ago. Did you ever have any uh, interaction with Eddie Gilbert? Yeah, yeah. Eddie was in Continental for um, probably, I don't know, the last year and a half, two years that it was it was a deal. Um, yeah, he was great, man. Loved Eddie. Um, and Missy, you know, she was there. She was, of course, you know, I was 14, 15, 16 years old. Oh, hell kid, yeah. So I, I love I Missy. <laughs> so have you, have you filed a suit uh, for uh, Carbol Tunnel on her yet? Or. <laughs> Nah, not yet. <laughs> and, and now, and it won't happen now. <laughs> Got to find some old pictures or something. <laughs> I'm gonna sue that bitch. Yeah, for sure. Oh. For sure. But yeah, she, yeah I, didn't, I didn't have a lot of dealings with her. I mean, she she was always there, but she was always you know she wasn't around the guys a lot. You know, she she kind of was. That ain't what I heard. You know, I guess right. Well, this, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Later on, I think things changed a lot. You know, her and Eddie were pretty tight back then. I mean, they were. Yeah, she stayed. Um, I guess she kind of just stayed off, you know, or stayed somewhere. I don't know. Well, that's but awesome. C plus. Uh, I was always in the I was always in the face dressing room back then. Dad had already switched, and uh, Eddie came in as a bad guy, so she she was always in the other dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I guess I guess when he had swapped over. Um, now, when did, what brought you back to this side of the territory? Like, because I know he started. I mean, he was in Continental for the longest time, but. Eventually, he came back through Memphis in the early 90s, I want to say. Yeah, I, I graduated high school in 91 um, at Gulf Breeze. And the, the, I, I didn't know how bad the territory had gotten. I knew it was it was bad. You know, like he, he had let me know, like, I don't think I'm going to keep working down here. I didn't know, like, I'm not going to be able to work down here anymore. I didn't know it was that bad because, right. you know, the company folded. But, um, hey, I, I'm so sorry to cut you off. I'm sorry to cut go. you off. But did, no, no, go. did he stay the whole entire time? when the door shut or did uncle Danny already, did he, did he move on to Memphis before they actually shut down? You, you know, I really don't know because, um, when I got about 17, I, I kind of quit going. I quit watching it on TV. Yeah. I mean, you know, I lived in Florida, man. Bikinis were everywhere. Yeah. You know, you were already in bands. I wasn't and watching shit. wrestling. I wasn't watching wrestling anymore. man. You were already in bands <laughs> and shit back then, right? What's that? You were already in bands and shit back then, right? Even at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of, yeah, we had a, I was in a band called Corruption. And we, yeah, we were just going around. We didn't play well, a lot of things other than covers. I mean, we had a few songs that we played our, of our own. But yeah, we, so I, you know, I was kind of doing that kind of thing. I, I just wasn't, um, I wasn't playing high school baseball anymore. I wasn't going to the matches anymore. It was all about music, letting my hair grow out and, and looking at girls, you know, 17 year old boy stuff. Man. So I'm talking about, but um, but yeah, you know, I graduated in '91, and he, he told me I'm moving, eventually going to be moving to Louisville, and I said, well, I'm not going to move to that hick town, <laughs> you know, which is not a hick town. Louisville's a cool place. I, right. you know, 17, 18 year old kid, I didn't know that, so I said, well, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here, um, live live away with some friends of mine, and I'm gonna go to college and 
you know, figure stuff out. So he, he was like, okay, cool. So I, I think I came home for the summer, you know, home being here, you know, Jackson, Tennessee. Right. And moved back down with the, the girl I was dating at the times. Her best friend's mother let me move in the house with them. You know, so it was my girlfriend's best friend and her mother. And her dad was a Navy. So, but he was in Saudi Arabia because uh, that was first Gulf War, you know, all that stuff back then. And uh, eventually her mother left and went to Saudi Arabia as well. So two other of our friends moved in. And we pretty much just had the whole house to ourselves. And I stayed there for a couple years and went to college. And it just kind of got to where you know, I didn't have any family. You know, I mean, I had really good friends down there. I'm still friends with all those people that I lived with and, and even a lot of the friends I had in high school. But, you know, you, you didn't have any family. And, you know, 19, 20 years old, it's like, man, I really, really miss my dad and my mom and my grandparents yeah. and even Josh, you know, all, <laughs> all that stuff. So I, well, I moved back to, to here. You know, he, he had already moved on up to Louisville. Um, I, know, I know he did make a stop here for a while. I think he was in Dallas for a little while even. And I know he did six weeks in Japan. Like, you know, I, I kind of, I wouldn't say lost touch with him, but, you know, I, I went from seeing him every day and traveling with him four to five nights a week to, you know, I just, teenage kid, man, I had stuff to do, you know. And <laughs> yeah. Kind of didn't, didn't just didn't call him and, you know, keep up with him like I should have. He would call, but, you know, I wouldn't be home. There'd be a message on the machine. I wouldn't call back. You know, but like I said, it was nothing. Nothing ever happened. Right. I mean, it, that guy was my hero my whole life, you know, and uh, still is. But, yeah. Um, yeah so, I, so, but after, you know, after just missing the family so much, I just, I came back to here, you know, to Jackson. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad I did. You know, I got a great wife, great kids, and, and, you know, got to spend all the time that I missed with my, my mom and sisters that were here and my grandparents, you know, to, I mean, my dad's parents, you know, Josh knows, well, you know, you know, yeah. you know what kind of people they were. I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have, wouldn't have moved to Louisville anyway. So yeah, I always, and, and glad I, didn't. I always look at your grandparents as like my second set of grandparents because me and Josh were Absolutely. over there all the time. And you know, there is this old saying that says, you know, uh, out of sight, out of mind. And you know, if you didn't move back here, there was a risk that Ray J might not give you that Bronco. Uh, hey, you know what? You might have something. There. <laughs> I'm gonna see how much it's gonna cost ship it down there to Florida, boy. <laughs> Josh, yeah, he's still getting the truck. Josh, Josh, you ain't going to college because we're gonna have to freight that down to Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, but man, I, you know, like I said. I met you probably in like 93, 94-ish, I want to say, somewhere yeah. in that. Uh, well, yeah, probably. So I, I know we moved over there. Uh, when Dean and I got married in 95, we moved over there. But, yeah, I, 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 I already knew you before that. You and Chris, of course, and Josh, you know. Well, I mean, you know, I knew Josh since he was in, a baby. Since yeah. I was a rookie. But I Yeah, s- since he was a rookie, yeah. Yeah, I said it before, man. I mean, uh, just absolutely cool guy. You know, like I said – you're kind of like a big brother for us because, like I said, it, and it wasn't one of those big brothers that we hated. It was like, hey, you know, are we going <laughs> to bother Dwayne if we stop by his house, you know? And, uh, you know, it was Hell always – No, and that, and that was the feeling we got. It was always, man, you were always very welcoming, really cool guy. And to hear some of these stories, man, um, I, you know, we're going to have to get out of here in just a second. But um, I, know, I know your daughter's got a really awesome band going right now. Does she have – I know right now everything's kind of on hold – where can they like? Where yeah. can people find her music? Do you have any clue or where they could go to maybe? Uh, they, yeah, I mean they're on SoundCloud, they're on YouTube, they're on Facebook, they're on man Twitter, 
They're on Instagram. They're everywhere you can find music, man. Skeleton Crew and Crew is spelled with a K. Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed, to be honest. Uh, I was looking up music because I'd seen things in passing, but I hadn't had time because usually when you had posted something, I was at work and I'm like, well, I can't play it now. And, uh, but I really, yeah. I really started researching them lately and I'm telling you really, really impressive. I really like it. And it's just really weird to see Cammy so grown up and old now. It is. Yeah, it is. I, I'm glad to hear you like it. I, I think it's great. man. They, they do their thing and, and, uh, they're both just dedicated, you know, and that's what it takes. I know that from experience and, and it takes more than dedication. You got to have the right person see you at the right time and, uh, maybe they can, maybe they can do it. Yeah. Uh, one last question here before you go, because this is just some self-maintenance stuff here on my end. Two years ago, I tried to explain to you the premise of that show about you getting the truck and everything. Uh, we were at the yeah. fair, and I saw you. Could you tell that I was pretty plastered? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Awesome. So <laughs> I remember I remember telling Josh, I was like, I just saw your, your cousin Dwayne here, and... I don't know what I said to him. I was like, I was trying to explain the show, but these carnies don't got me drunk up here. And <laughs> absolutely, I guarantee That's you, you're just sitting there. I'm getting. Why am I getting the Bronco? Yeah, <laughs> I think I hugged. Why did that happen? Like I came up and gave you this big hug. Like, do I? Oh yeah, <laughs> made, but that's natural. Made that's it all weird. Man, that's every time I see <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. If, I think I held him for longer than three Mississippi. This might be a charge. <laughs> <laughs> D asked me what the fuck was going on. <laughs> You said something about your hand on my ass, too. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. Well, that's just a long-standing dream, and to go against my grandmother, I was going to follow that one. <laughs> Literally follow it. Why yeah. do you want to do that to another man, Richard? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you'd want to do that. <laughs> uh, well, man, Dwayne, it's been awesome to have you on, man. We're going to have to have you back on because I know that I'm going to think I would of, love to, man. I'm I would gonna, love to. This is great. I'm going to think of about 20 other things that I meant to ask you uh do it one other question and then we're gonna let you go mud tires or all-terrain on the that bronco yeah just the all-terrain man that's good i don't you never know where i'm going josh what size trailer hitches on that what size balls <laughs> I, I gotta make sure i got the right trailer for all my shit you said around. uh you were crackling up a little bit so i think you're looking for two balls i, I don't know <laughs> I think they kind of look like mine. <laughs> that might be why he's puking. <laughs> uh, I don't know oh what you're doing there. Uh, well, absolutely awesome to talk to you, Dwayne. Go and check out Skeleton Crew with a K, Crew with a K. Uh, really awesome music. The lead singer, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but he Hunter? sounds. Hunter, yes. Hunter Cross. He sounds a lot like. Um, uh, we were talking about it right before Billy Corgan. He has a very yeah. Billy Corgan sound to him. It's really awesome. Go check him out. You'll like that. Dwayne, man, thanks again for being so awesome, being part of P3 Radio. Man, I love you guys. I absolutely appreciate that you guys asking me to do this, and I will do it anytime. Well, Josh, that's going to do it for us. If they want to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Give us a call. How do they do that? I thought you had forgot there for no, a No, it was just dramatic pauses. Because it's a dramatic moment. It's a dramatic moment. 
Well, if you want to get with us on Twitter, we are. Why'd you at go ransom voice? Because it's dramatic. Oh, okay. I'm trying to add that. Oh, go ahead. Now you're just pissed all over it. No, no, I'm Listen, sorry. Go ahead. if you don't want to piss all over us and get with us and interact with us, on Twitter, we are at P3 Radio, the number one. On Facebook, put in that search bar, Pop Poncho, and you will see our photographs. And if you want to reach us the old fashioned way, through the telephone, text message, leave us a voicemail, might play it, you never know. Our phone number is 731 300 6675. That's going to do it for us. Once again, big thank you to Dwayne Briley, the man that's going to get the Bronco. Uh, it was great hearing from him and glad to hear he's going with all terrain tires, keeping those bucket seats. <laughs> very, very happy. But no, it was great to hear from Dwayne. Thank him once again. Check out the Skeleton Crew once again. Skeleton Crew, K R E W uh, for crew. Uh, really good music there. You won't be disappointed. But that is all of our time for Josh Bradley. This is Rich Mulligan saying thanks for listening and good night. <laughs>